0: They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
1: Change is the one constant in life. It is inevitable, and it will happen to all of us at one time or another. Whether we like it or not, people and circumstances will change. We will get sick, loved ones will die, jobs will be lost, couples will grow apart, and children will move out. And when that happens, we are scared and sometimes lost. But here is the good news. Each one of us can write the next chapter of our life. No matter what we face, with the right mindset and unwavering tenacity, we can raise the curtain to a second act. I'm Joan Herman, and through my Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brand and Second Acts, it is my mission to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation to write the next part of your story. And what a story it will be. the second acts. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for joining us. Each of us carries wounds in our bodies, minds, and spirits that can hinder our lives at work and at home. How do we manage these pain points, overcome our fears, and come out stronger on the other side? Today's guest, Kathy Hagler, teaches how to foster healing, compassion, and communication in order to forge stronger professionals and organizations. Kathy is a business consultant who is the author of the book, Art of Scars. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. Kathy, each of us carries wounds that can hinder our lives at work and at home. From the work that you've been doing for all of these years, what have you learned? How do we manage these pain points, overcome our fears, and come
0: out stronger on the other side? What I've learned is that everything breaks. I've learned that not only does everything break, but everything can heal. And there's a way for that to happen. I um, have been been very fortunate to learn some very interesting facts from a man named W. Edwards Deming, who learned about wabi-sabi when he actually was a consultant to the Japanese. And um, after Hiroshima, he helped rebuild Japan. But wabi-sabi really means, in, in the Japanese literature, it really means that everything is imperfect. So what I learned was that everything is imperfect, but that everything can heal. It just will heal differently And I learned that by actually following up on wabi-sabi and learning about the fact that there is an art out of that wabi-sabi philosophy called kintsuji. And kintsuji is the beautiful broken vase that you can see in an art shop that the breaks are filled in with gold. So I learned that if you can accept the fact that you're broken, or if organizations can accept the fact that they're broken, but that they can heal, and they can be broken and filled in with gold. And as a piece of art, the art is more beautiful with golden scars than it was before. And I've learned the process on how to do that, both as a person and an organization.
1: Well, and I love what you just described, Kathy, because I think so many times when we experience pain or loss or some type of a situation that breaks us we tend to think that we will stay broken and that we can't heal or move forward. So filling in the breaks with gold, I mean, that's beautiful. I remember the work that I'm doing, it came from a lot of personal loss and a lot of of pain. And I remember my son saying to me one day, he said, your heart is broken, and that's okay. It's in pieces. But maybe when you put it back together again, it won't be the same way. But that doesn't mean that it still won't be a beautiful functioning heart, and he was young when he said that to me. And so I think that that's a, a wonderful message because when it gets put back together, we want it to be the same way. But when it's not, that's
0: okay. That's very much okay. And it sounds like your your young son was an older, wiser man from a long time ago. And it sounds like he understood what he was talking about. And when when your heart breaks, and it's and number one, when something's broken. A wound like your heart, it hurts like hell, and then then it starts to heal. And when a wound starts to heal, when it gets away from the hurt like hell point of view, it starts being it starts going through a thing called prolifer- proliferation, which means that it's cleaning out and rebuilding itself. And as your heart rebuilds itself, which is what's what he is saying, then a scar begins to form, and the scar, believe it or not, makes you stronger. The scar tissue. Actual scar tissue is stronger than you were before. So what your son said is that not only will your heart heal, you're going to be stronger and you're going to be more beautiful than you were before. And I bet you are.
1: Absolutely. I mean, my life is something, the way I live now, it's something that I could have never imagined had I not gone through all of that pain. And I think that is the situation for so many people. And that's why I love your book, The Art of Scars, because we try to avoid the, the pain and the scars, but they are, as you said, they make us stronger and they can really change everything about our lives if we allow it to.
0: And it's so important, I think, Joan, for, and what I've found for uh, individuals and for organizations as I've, that I've worked with is that you have to help them get the vision of, of the possibility of fine art. So the fine art of scars is the product. And once you see that beautiful broken vase with gold, you see it, you need, because when it was broken and all the pieces were laying on the floor, on the table, it looked, oh my goodness, it'll never heal. But once you see it put together with the golden joinery, it's it's worth a whole lot more than it was before. So when you, you show that to someone and say, you used to be laying on the floor broken, but look what you look like now. So get that in your mind. Get that vision in your mind of this beautiful golden joined vase and understand that it will be different, but it will be better.
1: Kathy, can you share with us what the acronym SCAR stands for?
0: Yes, and I've learned that. It's, it's really interesting, John, because once I learned about wabi-sabi and being imperfect and the understanding of Being a Kintsugi vase, vase, I thought, you know, I really want to go through the process. So I found a Kintsugi artist, believe it or not, in my little tiny town of Hendersonville, North Carolina. And I said, would you help me make the Kintsugi vase? And so she took me through the process of actually breaking a vase and pulling it together and creating a golden join vase with gold. And and through that process, I took notes of what it looks like. And so S stands for stop the broken thoughts and feelings. Because you have to stop saying I'm wounded. You have to stop in your subconscious reminding yourself that you're broken. You have to stop the thoughts and say, okay, I'm open to believing that I can heal. So I'm going to stop those broken thoughts and feelings. And once you do that, the C... And this is what I saw when I made the vase. The C stands for courageously calm your fear. Because guess what? Fear is what's inside us. So once we're broken, the first thing we do is we get scared. And so you have to calm that fear. Because if you don't calm the fear, you're going to do one of three things. You're going to flee, you're going to fight, or you're going to freeze. And so you can't let your subconscious mind put you into a fear mode of fear running away or being fighting someone and being destructive or freezing. So you have to courageously calm the fear. That's C. And A, which I just love the A, it's allow connectivity with others. And basically what that means is I asked the artist at that point when I saw all the fear I had about putting this book and base together and I started calming my fear, I asked her if she would help me. And so it's allow connectivity with others. And what I've learned in working with organizations is it's not, about, it's not just about survival. It's, it's about snuggling together. So it's not surviving together. It's snuggling together. So what you do is you get close to someone and you say, will you help me? And once you come together with someone and they bring you their wisdom, it's almost like they reach in into your heart and give you a hand. And they help you rise up. So with the help of the artist, I rose up. And after allowing connectivity, then together, the R is you reinvent your plan and you take the first step. The hardest thing for me to do, Joan, when I was putting that vase together, was to pick up that first big piece of brokenness and figure out where am I going to put glue on it to put it back onto the vase? Because I knew I could do it wrong, and that was fear again. So she, through her connectivity, said, Let's create a plan. Let's put this biggest piece in there, the biggest piece of chart, and let's make your vase beautiful. So we created a plan. We cleaned all the pieces. We created a plan, and we started pasting it in with gold gold and glue. It's It's a mixture that you make. So it's reinventing your plan, reinventing it, and taking the first step. And after I took the first step, I felt this surge of pride. I mean, it's like somebody inoculated me with a pride shot. I felt, I'm so happy I'm doing this. I'm actually doing this. And then I saw the beautiful vase. And then the S stands for I share my story. And so I wrote my book. Because the art of scars is not only do you have this beautiful vase as a product, but there's a process you have to go through to get out of your woundedness, get through your fear, and get to the beautiful vase.
1: And you've mentioned a few times the hardest part was making the decision to do so. And and I agree with that because I say that healing and moving forward is a choice. There was a point in my life where I had to decide, I had to choose that I no longer wanted to go in the one direction that was keeping me stuck and in pain and living as a victim of my life. And I made that decision to heal, as you say, to put all the pieces back together and then once you do really everything changes as you just outlined for us
0: everything changes and i uh, i was invited um, uh, about a year ago to give a presentation about this to a group of doctors and a, a group of cancer surgeons it was following my cancer and basically i told the story of the mule and that's really what helped me understand it is that a farmer had had an old an old well and an old mule, and the mule fell in the well. And he was in there braying away like mules do. And the farmer looked down at him, and the mule was crying really big tears. They're the only animals that have tears. And the farmer felt really bad, but he thought, you know, I, you, they're both old. I'm going to go, I'm going to go cover them up. So he got some neighbors, and he started throwing dirty on this mule. And the mule was standing there saying, Well, I have a choice. I can just let this dirt bury me, or I can figure something out there. You know I can calm my fear, and I can figure it out. So what he did is he shook off the dirt, and every time he shook off a little dirt, it made a little pile. And he put one hoof on one pile, and then they throw more dirt and shake it off, and he put the other hoof up. And before you knew it, he stepped out of the well. So what I believe is you can step out of the well of fear, but you do that by making that decision. So it moves from your subconsciousness of fear, which basically says, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. I can't stand this pain. I can't stand these wounds. I'm going to die. And then you decide, well, maybe I'm not going to die. And you move into your consciousness, and you actually begin to do something. You move into consciousness and intentionally decide to live. And it's baby
1: steps. You you know, people sometimes think, once you make that decision, it's like flipping a switch and everything is fine and it's that's the furthest thing from the truth, but it is no, baby steps, one step after another.
0: It's that mule putting that one foot up and then remember I said he had to shake off the dirt. Right. So each time you each time you put a foot up, you've got more dirt. So right. my twenty years ago today, my son was killed in a car wreck. He was twenty. Oh I'm so sorry. And and so 20 years ago, I decided I was going to, I was going to die. And my husband decided he was going to die. We both kind of decided that, you know, in our little heart of hearts. And I decided I was going to shake it off and begin to live. So I began to live. My husband did not. And he died. He died of cancer. And so what happened to me is then I got cancer. So I decided that, wait a minute, it's it's a step at a time. You know, first I had to shake it off after Jeff died. Then I had to shake it off after Mike died. And then I actually wasn't doing it enough. I really wasn't convinced I could live. But after my cancer, I said, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to make it. And I shook it off and stepped out of the well. And that's what you have to do. But it's it's these little decisions along. And are they easy? No, (laughs) they're not easy. But they're doable. And at the end, I feel like now I'm a vase filled with gold. And will I have some more? Yes, but then I'll know how to do it again.
1: And first, you know, I want to say that I'm so sorry for your losses that, you know, I can only imagine. I mean, I had a young brother who passed away, so I understand parents who wanted to stop living. My parents did as well. So I am very sorry for that and then the loss of your husband as well. But it does illustrate the power in making that choice. Everything you've experienced that has brought you to this point today of the gold in the cracks. I mean, that really does give all of us hope that we can follow a similar path if we choose to do so.
0: And, you know, it's uh, the last song that my son and I heard. We were sitting up at our cabin in the mountains before he went back to the Navy. Uh, he was killed five days after September 11th in the Navy and 20 years ago. But the, we were sitting at the cabin and we were listening to Garth Brooks' song, The River. And basically it says, you know, I'm going to sail my vessel till the river runs dry. I'm going to stay between the shore and I'm going to ride those waves. Well, for a long time, that that was just in my song. And so I, I wrote him every day when he was in the Navy and then he was killed. And I I went back to that song and said, you know, I'm just going to fight. I'm going to stay between the shore. But what I've discovered, Joan, is that it's not just about fighting it every day. I decided that I would be much better off if I were the river, and I just flowed with it. So I've decided that I'm the river, and that if I can just flow with the things that happen, but always know that there's a way for me to heal, because I, I can be healed with gold. And so I'm trying to flow with it. And everything that happens to me, have I had other things happen? Yes, I have. But I flow with it and say, okay, calm my fear, get some help, allow connectivity with others, and create a plan forward. And you consciously do that. You make an intention to survive. You make an intention to snuggle with other people, not just survive, but snuggle. There's survivability and snuggle ability. And so I can ask people to help me, and then I step out of the well and they're mad. Kathy,
1: for someone who's listening to us right now, and you and I keep speaking about making the decision to do so, and then, you know, moving from that point on, but that person is so stuck in saying right now, I just can't, I can't do it. What do you say to that person?
0: I say to that person that the first thing you have to do is to look at, you look at stop the broken feelings. The first first thing you have to look at is, are you really broken? Or did you lose somebody? Was that somebody else? So I suggest to them, they really get in touch with themselves. And they ask themselves, what do I want instead? If I don't want to be broken, what do I want instead? And if they say, well, what I'd like to do instead, I'd like to have a purpose. You know, I'd like to have a reason to live. And what I suggest then is to say, well, what, what are you afraid of? What is What are you afraid of? What are you, what are you afraid will happen if you start living? And they ask them to look at their fears and then to talk to somebody about their fears and to say, is that something you want instead? Can you do away with that fear and you get someone to help you look at it? Then once you begin to look at that fear with someone else and you, it begins to break down because one of the things that you find out about fear once you start looking at it, it starts going away. Because fear stands for false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. It's really not going to happen. Just because the other person died, you don't have to die. So that fear, which is saying, they died, so I'm going to die. No, you don't have to die if you don't want to. So what you have to do is to say, okay, that fear, let's look at it. Well, my fear is I can't survive. And then you say, well, what would I rather do? Well, I think I'd like to live. Then you figure out how can I get some help to live and create a new plan for your life?
1: The book is Art of Scars. If you'd like to get more information about Kathy and her work, you can visit kathyhagler.com. That's h-a-g-l-e-r, kathyhagler.com. Kathy, in about thirty seconds or less, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave
0: our listeners with? I would like to leave your your listeners with this: is that we all have a subconscious mind that is programmed. It runs ninety-five percent of all of our actions, we have to decide that we want control with our conscious mind and decide, I want to live, and you let your thoughts and feelings move into your consciousness and decide, I want to live, this is what I want instead, this is the direction I go, and then you pick up and you go that direction. You can be beautiful and unique, even when you're broken. You can be filled with gold and joy in you.
1: Kathy, thank you so much for spending this time with us. It has been such a pleasure speaking with you, and I really appreciate you helping all of us to learn to see the gold in the breaks. So thank you for being here. Thank you, John. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, subscribe to our mailing list, check out our articles, magazine, book club, and be sure to follow us on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on The Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on MindBodySpirit.fm.